And welcome back to another episode of City View, a podcast, Quincy podcast with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey, as media director, and we are in the mayor's office right now. Hello, Mayor. How are you? Hello, Mark. It's May, and uh, well, typically the first Monday of May every year, you uh, go before the city council and present the city budget. That's correct. And that's what happened this my uh, My 14th presentation. Wow. Uh, the municipal budget. So, yeah, the, the budget is July 1 to June 30th. That's the fiscal year. We don't go by a calendar year. We go by the fiscal year. Mm-hmm. And under the law, I need to present it 45 days prior to the end of the fiscal year. So this is this is plenty of time for the, for the body to ask the questions and make their comments and uh, do the deliberation, if you will. It's not something that you start from ground zero. So it's it's not like the budget is new to any of the councils. It's uh, it comes up every year. We usually uh, build on what's there, and uh, there's some some increases this year uh, for sure. It's up seven point five percent, which sounds like a lot, but when you look at the last couple of years, we kind of were really mean lean, um, trying to keep things really tight the last two years because of the COVID situation, the unemployment situation, the economy situation. We just weren't sure. Um, so we took some of those early savings on the pension obligation bond up front, and now the debt service for the pension obligation bond, bond will be kicking in. And then there's a number of minor increases. We added five police patrolmen to our police budget. And the main reason for that is, you know, people maybe don't understand the process. Um, and why would they understand it? Because they you know, they're probably not aware of it. But, you know, we, as we, as you know, we call for civil service list when we have openings, whether it's police or fire, people take an exam and then they, you know, the, the list comes out and then we go off of that list. We're restricted by civil service. You know, you start at the top and you start to go through those, those names on the list. And what happens in a department in a city our size is you get retirements and you can plan for the retirements that you know that somebody has to retire. Like at age 65, police and firemen have to retire. But there are guys that don't, or women that don't, you know, they're not close to the 65 and just decide I'm going to retire. Well, the last couple of years, because of the, I think because of some of the social unjust and some of the craziness, if you will, of the world that we've been experiencing, a number of police officers decided abruptly to retire. They weren't even near their max. So by the time you call for a list and you go through the process in that list, there's a background check, there's references, there's a physical, there's a psychological and then by the time you call for the list and what we call a letter of uh, conditional employment goes out to these people until we find seats in the academies around the state. And then the academy starts and then the academy goes for six months. And then when they come back to the station, there's in-house training they get. So it's, it's like 18 months by the time you start with the list to somebody hitting the street. So we're always chasing our tail, if you will. So the thought the chief had, and I agree with him, was, look, let's, let's build it up by five positions and let's try to get to the 175 level at all times. We're asking for funding for 180 so that we're at full complement because you're always going to have those unexpected retirements. And there's people that get mm-hmm. hurt. There's injured leave. There's, there's things that happen that you can't predict, you know. So, so for example, that was one area. And the, by the way, haven't we expanded as a city for our population too? Doesn't that matter? Yeah, of course it matters. Uh, no question it matters. Uh, another area is the library department um, looking for additional part-time librarians to help us expand the hours. The libraries are, uh, get a lot of use. I mean, a ton of use. It's pretty remarkable. It's not just about taking books out. There's all kinds of resources for people to avail themselves to through a library, you know, whether it's the internet and, and getting on a computer, uh, 
There's all kinds of things that the library offers services. People should check it out if they haven't. You know, the health department, we have a very robust um, restaurant industry in our city. And the commissioner made a case that we really could use another health inspector that we can't keep up with the inspections of all these facilities with the staff we have. And I checked on the outside on that and did some comparisons. And, yeah, we're, lay, we're low on that, so adding a health inspector. So, so there's a number of those little items in here that um, would be different from last year. The, big, the bigger items would be, uh, I guess the three largest items would be the debt service going up because the payments for the pension obligation bonds start to kick in. And I want to I refresh yeah, let's go back the there minds again. on that, right? <laughs> um, I know we talked about it a couple of times, I think, on this podcast. We have. So pension obligation bond was a decision that we made that we got the council approval for. Essentially, every year, the unfunded liability has grown, the retirement system. So we get a bill every year from the retirement board for X amount of dollars. And the, the system, the Quincy retirement system under state law, had to be fully funded by a certain date out. I think it's 2041. It's changed a couple of times, but it has to be fully funded. So if you look at, if you, if you look at the payments that will be expected from the city of Quincy in the coming years to fully fund it, if you drew a graph, it would be a direct uphill straight line in that graph. So what we did, we took a, did some great analysis. We, we, I'm one that says, let's get the best at the table, the brightest, the best um, outside at financial advisors, consultants, legal folks, and take a hard look at it. We did a lot of due diligence on this. And we made the decision to put before the city council would be to fully fund the unfunded liability. So we passed a bond for $475 million. And now instead of the retirement bill going up, it went down dramatically. And now the debt service goes up. So the debt service goes up to pay the bond down. It'll go up, spike two more years, and then it'll be flat for the 17 years going forward. So if you take that math, if we just stayed on track what we were doing, we'd be paying $128 million more over those 18 years. And it really was all about the low interest rates, mm. historical low interest rates. We weren't the only city to do it. There were cities and counties across the country looking at it. Uh, Worcester has done it. Brockton has done it. Andover was looking at it. Springfield reached out to us recently looking for some guidance and some help on their due diligence. The, the trick, though, the interest rates are starting to move, and that's what makes it work, the historic low interest rates. So we're paying far less on the debt service. We fully fund it. We, we've invested the money directly into PRIM, which is one of the most successful organizations on investments in the world. Their numbers are pretty incredible if you go back the last 20 years. So we know that uh, the returns will be excellent. So it takes that away, that, that, that issue every year when you put the budget together. How high is the, the bill going to be for the time point? How high is, high is the health insurance going to be? And whatever our contracts look like for employees. So that one now, two more years of spikes, then it's flat. $128 million savings over that uh, 18, 19 year period. That is not huge. insignificant. You're right. It's huge. $120 million. Yeah. We were originally talking 168 million, but that we were bonding it for, for 30 years. The state told us we couldn't bond it for 30 years. We had to stay the schedule of what fully funded schedule would be. So, it was, so we're only saving 128 million, which is uh, <laughs> pretty significant. Um, so I, I appreciate those councils that supported that because it was a major policy decision Based on math, pure math. Yeah, not it wasn't politics. political. It was purely math, and uh, so I'm grateful for that. So, again, the next two years it goes up a little bit. Health insurance is up everywhere. And then, of course, we put uh, a reserve, what we call for reserve for appropriation of the budget. 
of about $6 million, and that's because every city contract is up. So on the city side, June 30th, police, fire, laborers, QEA, supervisors union, they are all up this June 30th. On the school side, they're all up in August and September on the school side. So that's a separate um, process by which we negotiate. The school committee directly negotiates along with the superintendent. Then we, we, we come back as a body and vote on those things. In this case, uh, on the city side, the mayor is charged with negotiating contracts. The city council approves the dollars. They don't get involved in the actual negotiations. So, so because everything is up in renegotiations, we put a pot of money aside for reserve for appropriation. If we didn't, that would be irresponsible because it would be negotiating and then going to find contracts with no money available. It would have been, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, would have been yeah. disingenuous and probably illegal. So. Yeah. We're trying to do it in, in the proper way. So when you add all those numbers up, that's what gets us to the, the 7.5%. Um, and I would, again, suggest to people, I was just at a meeting in House Neck about a seawall at the end of Olean Street and um, some lovely neighbors down there. That's the next phase of seawalls. We're looking at replacement. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, were, they were talking to me about you know, how happy they are that we are investing so much in our infrastructure and they can't wait to get the SC well replaced, of course, because they've had a number of storm events where they're getting watched out. But some questions came up, and I, and I enjoyed the conversation because they basically said, look, there's 351 cities and towns in Massachusetts. We fall right in the middle on the tax burden. I said, however, if you go to services, what people can avail themselves for in, in their communities, we're right at the top. Mm. Arguably... It could be a couple that may be a little ahead of us, but we're right at the top. I mean, right at that, we're, we're the cream of the crop when it comes to services. I mean, you think of storms, we pump out basements. Nobody does that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I nobody does that. I mean, I, I could go on and on about services. That's, that's a tradition in the city that um, certainly as, as long as I'm mayor, I'm not going to change. I mean, there's folks that wanted us to charge for trash pickup, and, you know, we, we do not do that. We don't have restrictions on that, except those that are governed by state law and DEP. So... So people get good services in the city, as they should. That's what they pay us to do. That's what government, local government's all about. So they're excited about that. But it's, it's, it's worthy of repeating, and I know I say this probably ad nauseum, that you look around cities and towns around us. Somerville, a few years ago, they had a Proposition 2.5 override to support payment for one high school. Situate. Uh, Milton, they've all had overrides on one project. Some of them have overrides for operational money. Hmm. This is where it gets a little tricky. Uh, so if you're listening out there, uh, feel free to give me a shout if, uh, if you ever want to talk about this issue. It's, it's not a sexy one. What's, uh, there's, <laughs> there's a term called excess levy capacity. So under Proposition 2.5, every city and town is allowed to go up 2.5% each year on the levy. That's not the individual homeowner's bills, but on the total levy, which is the total amount we tax in a given year. That's everything. Commercial, residential, the total levy. This year, we'll be leaving on the table $41 million in excess levy capacity. What does that mean? That means tomorrow we could go up on everybody's taxes probably by $1,500. Not sure the amount. I should, shouldn't say that, but certainly more than $1,000 without a Prop 2.5 override, because each year we do not go to the max on the taxes. That's where we get back to right in the middle of the 351 mm. cities and towns. So if you do the last 10 years, we're at about $260 million we've left on the table. Now, some of my outside financial advisors don't like that, and they've been critical of me. You, you know, you're leaving money on the table, that should come in the till. And, and I said, look, we're, we're trying to balance the needs of the city, the community, maintaining our assets with 
the the needs of the constituents, mm-hmm. what, what they can afford. So, look at you know, Boston Tea Party was all about taxes back uh, a long, long time ago, and and I know people don't like to pay taxes, um, but at the local level, that's where the bang for the buck is. That's where we. You know, nine one one police and fire respond, ambulance response. Yeah, you get children in the schools. I mean, yeah. we get the best schools, one of the best school systems in the state. Mm. You want to go and enjoy the park system? Unrivaled our park system. Libraries, we talked a little about that. Services that the libraries have, veterans Safety, services, healthy. senior services. I and we could go on and on. It's it's an exceptional city and and that's why people like to move here. Now the other part is that the quality of life is so excellent here. The property values are dramatically up because the the people want to live here. What does that say? You know, now that's great if you're cashing in. Obviously, you want your value to go up because for most people, your home is your biggest investment. Mm. A lot of people don't have money to put in stocks and bonds. The home is the biggest investment. Someday they sell their home and retire and cash in on that. Um, so, you know, if you break the opposite side of that, as my my, my Dell children talk to me about that, Dad, how are we going to be able to buy in Quincy? It's so expensive, and I, that's that's the yin and the yang. That's the mm. the challenge. Um, so it's 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 challenging, but the the point is people want to live here for all the right reasons. So the budget I think reflects the values of our community. I said that the other night. This truly reflects the values of our community. This is the expectation of the public on services and programs in their school system. It's a healthy budget. It's uh, it's as I said, it's up seven point five. But it really, when you look at it, it's about four percent over through last three years. If you look historically, it's in that range around three point five to four percent a year is what we go up. Um, I'm cognizant of that some people struggle. We've got elderly widows. There's, there are options for people with our assessor's office. There are actually programs they can plug into. You can defer taxes. Yep. I mean, it, there's, there's widow abatements, there's veterans abatements. So you should check in with the assessor's office um, if there's an issue you think um, you're having some trouble paying. There's, there are options for people. And, of course, there's always um, when the tax rate is set usually around December – People have the option also to, um, you know, file for an abatement if they think the, the assessment is off. But I can tell you, on average, when people sell their home, they usually get a lot more money for the house than what it's assessed at. That's that's the reality in the business. Mm. So um, that's what's going on in the world. So anyway, uh, it's a balance we try to strike. I think we do it well. I, we've got great department leaders, managers. We've got an excellent city employees that get the job done each and every uh, day on behalf of the city right through COVID, boards and commissions that work out on behalf of the city, uh, planning board, zoning board, conservation commission, park and rec board, cemetery board, you know, the, the various commissions we have. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just that's, that's real public service, people stepping up and, and uh, assisting their city without compensation. So that's pretty remarkable. So, so, you know, I present it to the council with great respect, with great understanding that they share in the fiduciary responsibility with the mayor of the city. Um, they are the ones that will either approve or cut the budget. Uh, each department head will go up and make their case, answer questions, talk about their mission. You know, sometime before June 30th, the council under the law has to act on on the budget as presented. So the council has, just in talking about the process again, which I really appreciate the explaining of all the other things you just talked about, but the process is that you present the budget, then they debate the budget out and listen to your department heads, and then uh, they they can't put anything on it. They can that's only correct. cut and. Right? That's that's correct. That's uh, that's how our charter is. Uh, now what happens is it motion was made by Council Phelan, the council. He's the chairman of the finance committee to put in finance committee. So the finance committee, which is a committee of the whole, all nine members belong to that. Now set up a robust schedule of finance committee meetings, 
and schedule in the various departments at different times uh, for that committee. And uh, usually, Quincy Cable uh, Access TV mm-hmm. uh, covers all of those, so the public can, can see that. And they'll be meeting in person, as I understand it, so people can also attend those meetings at the city council chambers, the Great Hall. Which is the checks and balances of how a good government works. I mean, this is how it works. This is the process. Yeah, and I, I would yeah. further state that there are other monies that come into the city that don't necessarily go before the council. For example, Title I monies that come into the school budget. It's, uh, that's above and beyond what the school budget is. Right. There are a number of grants, federal, state, that come in the school side, and the city side for that matter, that don't require council approval. Uh, sometimes if there's a match involved, we go to the council for the match, yeah, and then then they're essentially voting on the on the merit of the of that uh, that grant. Uh, a number of the projects that we've done with COVID money, for example, that's federal money. Congress authorized cities for mayors to spend. We didn't have to go to the council on those expenditures. And I know some people have had some questions about some of those expenditures, um, and we're going to be sharing a report on that in the very near future and on how we felt. Uh, the best the best way to approach to do it was to actually with the COVID money it was a couple of things. One is to make sure we could help alleviate or mitigate some of the damage to business. Damage may not be the best word, but you know people were hurting. There oh was, yeah, people were hurting big time. So we we try to help mitigate some of those issues during that. I don't want to get too far into because mm-hmm. we'll yep. probably spend another whole show on that. <laughs> uh, and then of course try to do with the additional money from the federal government try to do some of those one time needs that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. You know, for example, we, we bought that property down on Town River. If I didn't buy that property, it's been a boatyard. It's beautiful stretch of Town River. It's open space. It abuts the land we own by the tide, mm. Southern Tide Mill. That would have been probably an eight to 10-story condominium building with a private boat pier of, for people. And I would have heard people complaining that, you know, more mm. condominiums. Well, the same people probably will complain that I purchased the property, <laughs> but I mean, it, it saves it forever. In perpetuity to be open space, which is on waterfront, that's pretty remarkable. So, so decisions like that we made, I think the good ones, they fit with the requirements and the rules of the law that was established. So um, we can, again, we can talk about that stuff later. Well, and I think we'll, we'll come back on the budget issues and how things are going and progressing and then uh, where it goes from here. But otherwise, we appreciate the process and how you explained it to us. And Yeah, and I should, I should add um, Budget 101. The property tax makes up the vast majority of the budget. And then, of course, there's two other categories. Local aid, which is state aid to cities and towns. We get money called unrestricted aid. Then we have money called Chapter 70, which is for the education system. Then Chapter 90 for the roads. Those come from the state. I don't take that for granted. I appreciate the governor's work. Representative Mariano, who happens to be the Speaker of the House. Representative Ayers, Representative Chan, and, of course, Senator Keenan for their advocacy at the state level. I mentioned the federal money. I appreciate, you know, Congressman Lynch and the senators for the great work in getting the dough back to the constituents in yep. need. Uh, so we appreciate uh, their work as well. And then the other category in the budget is local receipts. So the, the money you don't pay in property taxes, but it comes in. If you, if you file for a building permit fee, you pay a fee. If you buy a lot at the cemetery department, you have somebody buried, some of that goes in the general fund. Uh, your excise tax, uh, if you get married, uh, birth certificates, all that goes into the, what's called local receipts, meals tax, hotel, hotel tax. tax yeah. And they're all up dramatically this year. So the hotel tax has bounced back dramatically, yeah. which tells you the hotels are healthy again. The meals tax is up continually. People are eating out more and more. <laughs> Thank God again. Um, we're getting close to being empty nesters, and we just kind of look at each other. Oh, let's just go out. <laughs> well, let's not cook, you know. Takes too much yeah. time and effort. But at any rate, if anybody's got any questions in particular in the budget, they can email our office, 
give us a call. We can absolutely provide any information they may need. Usually we, we submit some budgets over at the library so people can go in and physically look at the budget as well. And I believe it's online, but we'll have to get the information on that on yep. the website. And I would recommend, oh, by the way, so that's uh, quincyma.gov. You can find every department, every department head. If you want to call, you can call this office always at 617-376-1990. We recommend that you go that way instead of going through social media because social media uh, is not necessarily the way to handle an issue. We try and respond to those when we can, but if you want to get a quicker response, give us a call or uh, go to the website. You'll yeah, and sometimes, too, what happens is if somebody gets out there with some bad information and all of a sudden there's a, there's a frenzy out there and, and they're, they're arguing about something that isn't accurate. Wait, so on, on social media? Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> Amazing. So it's finally, all, all this stuff we talked about is public record. It's all here on file. Yeah. And they can, you can access it through the website. Great. So, and finally, let's end on a good note uh, because it is, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, May 4th. You having a bad day, Mike? <laughs> they just sort of flow. Uh, this Saturday is Cleaner Greener. That's right. So Huge just, citywide cleanup that's been going on for 33 years. Amazing. Across the city. So uh, contact day. the Park Department, 617-376-1251 if you're yep. interested. Uh, people come out, and uh, whether you live near a beach, a park, a school, everyone kind of comes out and helps beautify the city. And we get thousands of volunteer hours. It really gives the city a great boost. Then you're welcome to come to Pageant Field, where we'll be flipping burgers and dogs for your enjoyment. You can't get a burger dog if you don't get your hands dirty. So, make sure. so it is Saturday, May 7th, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And by the way, if you have any information, again, as the mayor said, 617-376-1251. Or you can also email P. Doherty, that's Paul Doherty, at quincyma.gov. And you can also pick up your supplies at the uh, Parks Department, with Mar- 1 Marymount Parkway, uh, at the uh, Coke uh, Department Coke Complex. Eight, eight From 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., you can also go pick up some supplies, rakes, shovels, and all that stuff. Yep. So. That's good it. I think that's a good, uh, good note to end on. What do you think, Mayor? Sounds good. Thank See you very much thank you. again for tuning in to City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey. Have a good day, everybody.